There are so many things you can unwrap. You can unwrap Christmas presents. You can unwrap Twinkies and Ding Dongs. You could buy a burger from McDonald's and you unwrap it before you eat it. You can listen to polka music. That is very unwrap. When you buy a new DVD or Blu-ray, you also unwrap it. That is, of course, unless you're a member of Attack of the Killer podcast. <laughs> then you buy dozens of DVDs and Blu-rays and leave them sealed for months and months until it is time to do another unwrapping episode. That's right. Unwrapping part six, maybe, on this episode of Attack of the Killer podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for... Attack of the Killer Podcast! Attack of the Killer Podcast! Hello and welcome to Attack of the Killer Podcast. I'm your host, Insane Mike. This is episode 284, and we're doing another one of our famous unwrapping episodes. This is where we go through our collections and we find those films that we were just so excited to buy and watch, but then just sit there on our shelves, unopened until the end of time. The unwrapping episodes forces us to finally open and watch those films. We each pick a movie we haven't opened and we will finally see if it was worth buying in the first place. If this is your first time listening to Attack of the Killer podcast, we are a horror movie podcast. We're a group of friends. We get together, we pick a topic, and we discuss films within that topic. Now, we're all just friends, hanging out, having a good time, talking horror movies, drinking Zimas. What? So there may be spoilers. <laughs> What's a Zima? I don't know. It's what them kids drink. I guess. Drinking those and eating Tide Pods, something like that. <laughs> if you like our show, please consider supporting us and becoming an attacker. Ooh. Being an attacker means that you are more than just a fan of the show. You become part of the Killer Podcast family. For a small donation once a month, you get all kinds of perks and extra goodies. You can get bonus episodes, early access to the regular episodes, our YouTube shows, Killer Critiques, Insane Mike's Women in Top Ten lists, and the other one, um, <laughs> that one, what's it called? You get those, and you also get exclusive invites to our watch parties, our monthly horror hangouts, uh, and, you, and you even get to talk with other attackers in our exclusive Attack of the Killer chat. You get a membership card, certificate, sticker. You can even get shout-outs on the show like these attackers. Yeah, shout-outs go to... Jacob McLaughlin, Timothy Lennerer, Roman Doppelfeld, Larry Watanabe, Brett Royer, Seth Key, Jessica Irish, Chris Cook, Brian Godsell, Stephen Sitter, Brandy Moore, Andrew Moeller, Hot Rod Hutchinson, Carmen DeHaig, Abraham Moreno, Jacob Book, Andrew Bentler, Casey Kelderman, Tony Miller, Mike Clayton, Rose Talashoma, Marcus Rood, Abe Kirshner, Lisa Cavalier, Holly Berg, Emily Randolph, and the comedian Bill Fisher. That's, thanks, guys. Thanks. Video Thank updates. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> just splice that back now, in there. Yeah, I'll just now. Great, I don't have to edit smooth. any of that. Awesome. Thanks. <laughs> you too can become an attacker by going to jointheattackers.com. 
Go there and you can pick the tier that best suits you to get the content you want. So again, that's jointheattackers.com. And now it is time to introduce you to the podcast crew. He kept unwrapping and unwrapping and unwrapping his presents. It took forever. And then he was really sad to see it was just a cardboard tube. Tad. Ha ha ha. Hey, guys. <laughs> Back in college, you went to the pharmacy to buy some condoms. When the cashier rang up his purchase, she asked, Do you need a bag, sir? He said, No, thanks. She's not that ugly. Jason. Come on. That's terrible. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. He went to his psychiatrist's office wearing nothing but saran wrap. The psychiatrist told him, I can clearly see your nuts. Andy! (laughs) Hey, everybody. (laughs) Oh, boy. Speaking of nuts, you're nuts if you still have not subscribed to Shudder yet. Shudder is the premium streaming service with the best selection of horror movies, uncut and commercial-free. From Hollywood favorites to cult classics to original series and critically acclaimed new films, you won't find anywhere else. You can get... A month of Shutter for free, thanks to us here at Attack of the Killer Podcast. Just enter our promo code AOTKP and you get a free 30 day trial thanks to us. Again, that promo code is AOTKP. Out. That's right. Get it today. And now it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show, I, must, I assume. Here's Tad with What We Watched. What we watched. So here's the thing, guys. You might remember me pulling the curtain back a little bit last last episode and saying, you know, it's been a while since we recorded, so we're going to have really long lists. Well, I'm pulling the curtain back again, and we've only had one week since then, so I'm guessing this will be a much shorter list. But Andy, what have you watched? Um, other than the podcast movies, um, I was able to go see John Wick 4, and I'm assuming you did as well, Ted? Yeah, and that's my list. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um. Awesome, awesome. Even Fuck though that it yes. was, even though it 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 it's got a long runtime, you don't care because it's just it's so much damn fun. Um, it's uh, did it does have uh, a um, end credit sequence if you stay till till the end, which it might have a continuation of a character. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to spoil anything. But, um, yeah, uh, can't say enough good things in here. Uh, Donnie Yen is is awesome. Scott Adkins' character is Holy awesome. Yeah. Uh, it, it, and, you know, anything, I will watch anything with Scott Adkins in it, regardless. You might, not, but, you might not recognize him in this right away. Yeah, yeah. It's a completely different character that, than you're used to seeing him play. But yeah, he's he's great in this. Um, uh, let's see who is. There's another uh, the the head bad guy, and I don't know uh, his uh, name in the film or his or the actor's name. But he was uh, a head bad guy in Undisputed Three, which also 
had Scott Adkins. He's in this, and he's uh, he's heavily featured in this, and he's he's a great action star too. Um, but yeah, the whole you know Bill Sarsgaard is just a fucking twerp in this. He's just he's 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 pretty ruthless. But uh, yeah, he he's great in it. Um, Clancy Clancy Brown. Oh Whoa. yeah. Nice. Yeah, he was really good. He was really good. Um, and uh, you can tell that he was, you know, just the the the, the subtle stuff that they, they showed you of him is that he kind of, he's been part of this uh, tribe of, you know, hired assassins for a long time. Because, you know, he's got physical characteristics, like part, part of his finger is missing, too. Kind of what because John had to do the same thing in uh part part three, but yeah, uh, just this we have we have like three or four villains/slash bad guys, but that's what's great about this franchise is yeah. that like a bad guy isn't necessarily a bad guy, they just are because of the rules, they have to draw a name, yeah. so it's like a bad guy that you're that is not necessarily a bad guy it's sort of confusing and another guy who's just out to make his life better by taking it like john wick's just a huge target now so yeah so i mean it it, it creates uh a really you know different environment because it's like he's got a bounty on his head so all these other hitmen are trying to collect this bounty so the other hitmen are trying to kill the other hitmen because they don't want them collecting the bounty so it, it creates a, you know, and John's just trying to kill everybody. So, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, they've it's like set a, a, a side scrolling video game or something like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's, you know, I'm going to have to watch it again because, you know, I, you know, I blinked a couple of times, so I might've missed something. You might've because... missed. Yes. Yeah, six kill scenes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because like, I mean, literally know, always... he they're always rolling around on the floor, so I don't know how many times a person got stabbed before they, you know, did whatever. I mean, it's they've set the bar so high with these movies. I'm just like, how how are you going to top this? I mean, the, there's a a car chase scene in this roundabout in Paris, and it's it's like guns, kung fu, and car fu all in one. I mean, they took like the best elements of every John Wick movie that you've ever saw and then they just made it in, they turned it into this mixed bag of just awesome crazed <laughs> violence and squealing tires and guns and gunshots and just it's it's unbelievable. And they cut 45 minutes out of it. Jesus. Well, they cut 45 minutes out of this film. First cut was three hours, 45 minutes. Whoa. Oh, my God. <laughs> Keanu says 108 words. <laughs> yeah, he's... I mean, and it's three hours, kind of... guys. Wow. wow. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, he's almost like a modern-day Mad Max, because I think, like, what did... Mel Gibson had, like, two or three lines in the first Mad Max or something? I mean, it's, like... It's weird. But, I mean, it works. Um... And also, you know, this is on the other side of the coin. I binged the first season of the new Night Court. That's that's <laughs> <Is> it <good? laughs> It's fun. It looks um, cool. It's it's fun. I mean, because I loved the old one when I was a kid. Oh, I just, and I still do. Huge. Fun. Um, but yeah, it's got uh, it's got similar characters, and John Larroquette comes back, and 
you know, he's, he reprises Dan Fielding. And, I watched a few episodes of it myself out of curiosity, and then I just I just forgot how awesome John Larroquette was. Like, oh, he, God, To me, great. he's the real star of the show, and he's so good in it. Oh, Cause absolutely. Because he's, he's really, his character is really conflicted now with... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, he's changed. Uh-huh, he's... And, it's quite interesting, and a lot of it it's it's it just seems way more based around him and his character. You know, probably doesn't help that he's a producer on it, but uh, uh, way more than um, than what's your face, Bernadette? Um, yeah, it's got your Lisa Ranch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I don't know if you, Jason, you know the premise or not, but she plays the daughter of Harry of Harry Anderson. Mm-hmm. In it, yeah, so. mm-hmm. okay. they call her Abby Stone, but I learned in one of the last episodes. Here's a bit of a spoiler. Since she was Harry Stone's daughter, her real le- legal name is Abracadabra Stone. Oh, oh yeah. that's awesome. So it's, that's why she's, yeah, <laughs> Judge Abracadabra Stone. But, yeah, it's not short for Abigail. Yeah, as soon as I saw it, I thought of you, Mike, because I know you're the biggest Nightcore fan ever. But So I'm glad you at least saw some of it yeah. and apparently didn't like it because you didn't finish it. Well, I just, just I keep... I keep going back, going back to it here and there, but yeah, there's other things that I yeah kind of neon priorities. maniacs. We know we oh, heard the on. bonus episode. <laughs> <clears throat> so those are the two things you've watched. Yeah, other than the podcast movies. All right, Jason, uh, get give me that big list. Well, I got four things here. Uh, well, four. N- yeah, none of them are movies. Than, uh, so uh, the the main important thing is Ted Lasso's back. Um, season three has begun and it's fucking awesome. Anyway, nobody cares. It's I've heard nothing but good things about it, but I don't, I just don't, there's nothing about it that's appealing to me other than the positive reviews. So I don't, I'll give it a watch just based on everybody's glowing. It's my single favorite TV show that's ever been made. I, from what I've, what I've seen or heard about it, it looks like something I'd enjoy, but it's just kind of flown under my radar, so. Well, it's on Apple TV. Nobody has oh, Apple TV. Oh, there you TV. go. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of Apple TV, the the highlight, though, of what I have been watching, uh, the first season of Shrinking on Apple TV, um, Mike. Harrison you, Ford, right? Yes. You will. You have to see this show, and I know you won't because you don't have Apple TV, but um, it stars Jason Siegel. Oh, cool. And then it has, like, all... The old TV stars are are people in the show. Like Krista Miller is a big part in the show. Um, I know you won't unless you see her face. It's this girl. Um, she was on, god damn it, Drew Carey show. Oh, okay. Um, Ted McGinley is, oh, nice. is like the greatest character of all time. He just plays her husband and he's like, the most aloof and positive happy guy and like is unfazable and he's the he's so fucking funny <laughs> and you know there's uh let's see uh wendy malix on there um and neil flynn tons of uh, from malcolm in the middle and scrubs and, oh okay but yeah there's like tons of these old oh, tv stars and um jason siegel plays a therapist it's about a therapy practice and a bunch of therapists doing things and being therapists. It's called shrinking. It's really good. It's on Apple TV. And then Mandalorian, been watching that. And then um, I don't think any of us have talked about it since The Last of Us finished, but 
I assume we were all watching that. No. Mandalorian. Oh, haven't no. seen it. The Last of Us. Oh, no. yeah. Yep. That's on my short, short list. Yeah, yeah that was awesome. Enjoyed that. Glad you got to see it. Yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. This is the last time I knew you hadn't watched it yet. So. Yeah. I'd been watching it every episode it came out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then I'm just drunk. Yep, possibly. <laughs> Damn Zemas. Um, <laughs> so that's what I watched. All right, Mike, what do you got? Well, I, too, finished Last of Us. Uh, fell a couple episodes behind there, at, you know, because Simon was away on spring break, and we have been, been watching it all together. Um, but, yeah, it was awesome. Can't wait for season two. But I, from the sounds of it, I will have to wait for a while. It's like a, there is a season two. There will be. Well, no, I was kind of se- hoping they weren't going to do that. There is a second game, so yeah. And then there's too bad. The rumor is is that they're going to stretch out the second game into like two seasons. So, yeah. Uh, God, that's really other than um, been watching uh, Justin Rowland show uh, Solar Opposites. Uh, very funny animated series in the very much in the vein of Rick and Morty um pretty good pretty funny it's a Hulu exclusive it was made for Hulu so there's a lot of jokes in there about Hulu I just I just love how he always bites the hand that feeds him so Mm. uh and then the only other thing I really watched I did a rewatch of the 2009 Hills Have Eyes um Mm. directed by Alexandra Aja. That was good. It's been forever since I've seen it. Uh, cool, yeah. cool effects, cool gore. Um, you know, those mutants are just, I love the design of the mutants. They look like so gnarly in it. It's very cool. Especially the one with the giant head that's drooping over the back of the chair. Very disturbing. That's really all I watched. Cool, cool. Tad. Really? Just one? Uh, you had more. I was trying, no, I was trying to think. I think I've watched some TV and stuff, but the only movie I think since we last talked was John Wick 4, and uh, I loved it. My only issue was that Donnie Yen's character, Kane, uh, he's a blind hitman assassin that uses blades, uh, badass, but the entire time he wore like big sunglasses, and he reminded me of Ken Jeong from The Hangover. Uh, so i just kept thinking in my head like you know watch up gay boys and you know motherfuckers and all the did you die right did you die yeah so i i kept i I eventually got that like when he started actually kicking ass that was that thought rolled out of my head but uh that was like my one nitpick but otherwise yeah so badass uh don't have a whole lot to add to that rest in peace lance reddick uh in real life passed away uh but no i can't really think of what else i have clicked and watched because i've mostly been watching snake alley shorts and uh and fights a lot of fighting and watched a little bit of a a xfl game which that was enough so come on uh no I think that is all. I I can't. I literally am like racking my brain this entire time you guys were talking, and I'm like, I don't think I've sat down and. Oh, I watched part of uh, the signal. <laughs> Just part. I watched the whole goddamn thing. Again. I, 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 got, I got up to a point and I was like, 
I seen this. And I got mm-hmm. on Letterboxd, and I'm like, yep. it's logged, and Jason <laughs> has it logged at the same time as me from two years ago or three mm-hmm. years ago. So, huh. And then I started Googling, and I'm like, yeah, we did this one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, for the bonus episode, I almost said that my number one most watched <laughs> movie was going to be The Signal. <laughs> oh, shit. The reason was, why, because Tad keeps picking it for It was supposed to be for Unwrapped, but... Uh... <laughs> Last minute. Pivot. Pivot. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, what I watched. All right. Awesome. Well, it is time to get into some unwrapping. Everybody get their movies out and ready. Start taking that cellophane off. Sniffing the inside of the case. Nobody sniffs it but you. Love that smell. <laughs> you weirdo. Okay, quick question. Did everybody actually open and watch their picks, or did they just stream? Come stream on, that's away? a great question, Mike. <laughs> the needs answered for real. I will admit something, okay? <laughs> but Dad, here's here no here's the thing. Here is the, the thing. Point. Here is the thing. Okay, <laughs> I physically carried my wrapped copy of my movie to a friend's house and he unwrapped his copy first that was unwrapped that was still in the wrapping and <coughs> well it's playing it already so what am i supposed to do unwrap it and take out his disc and put mine in yep <laughs> i mean i unwrapped mine just for the sake of it but i didn't watch my copy but oh. it's the same yeah it's at least out of the wrapping yes it's it can breathe like- I might have kind of a technicality too because it was previously Andrew. unwrapped. It, it was previously unwrapped. So you faked but it, it was for part, us? It was one. It, it's, it's, it's two part movies of a two in one package. package. Yeah. So, wow. I mean, I, I held off on watching the second right. movie for this episode. But so. but you recently watched the first within like the last month. So you unwrapped it like in the last month. <laughs> that's also true. So that's it to me. That counts. That's. Pretty close. Of course, you would try to make something count, but Mike has to bring his I with him. Brought mine as proof. Unwrapped. You hear that? There you Open. go. All. There you go. Jeez. It's proof. It's a good question, though. It needs. I'm glad. So it was myself, Tad, and Andy were the ones that picked the movies for this out of our collection, and the first one we're going to talk about is. And I didn't write down the year. I believe 19... Yeah, I was going to say Your pick. My pick was Twins of Evil. Oh, God. Have mercy on this poor, unfortunate creature. In old Gothic Europe, they had two burning passions. Witch hunting and devil worship. Practice the black arts. They worship the devil. They're all slaves to Count Konstein, and he is their evil master. Do you know what I want more than anything else? To meet Count Konstein. <gasps> they look alike. They dress alike. Two identical beauties. But one of them has the very devil in her. For you, all pleasures should be supreme. These are the men they call the Brotherhood. Seek out the devil worshippers by burning them! And this is the sister who is about to enter 
the devilhood. Look, what do you see? <gasps> we are the undead. Immortal. The devil has sent me twins of evil. Maria now, unsuspected, good and kind. Think of the havoc you can cause. I thought it was your sister that I loved, but now I know. Maria. Twins of evil. A religious sect led by Gustav hunts all women suspected of witchcraft, killing a number of innocent victims. Young Kathy, Gustav's niece, will involve herself in a devilish cult and become an instrument of justice in the religion. So yeah, uh, Twins of Evil took me a while to realize it wasn't a movie. It wasn't called Twins of Evil because of all the cleavage. Um, Come on. (laughs) It's about... These twins, uh, and one becomes a vampire. You know, it's interesting because they don't talk about the vampirism in the trailer or even in that description I read on IMDb. So um, you kind of got a feeling it was going that route, Um, but I don't know if it was supposed to be a surprise or not. But uh, yeah, it wasn't bad. It was pretty cool. You know, it's that uh, you know it's that early seven, late sixties, early seventies, like British. Uh, film type. I don't think it's a hammer. I don't think it was a hammer. Was it a it hammer film? It oh, my bad. I thought it might be. <clears throat> okay, yeah, hammer film. So that explains a lot. Um, you know, and sometimes those hammer films can be a little, a little slow, what? a little draggy. And and this one is two in parts. But you know, once yep. any scene that involved like the uh, the guy that turned out to be a vampire, you know, had my attention. I think he really. Um, he was really, I think, stole the show, and and Peter Cushing, of course, too. Uh, he's prick. He major prick, and he's just the guy that, like, you know, with that stern look as he's hunting for witches and gets all accusatory of everybody. No nonsense. Very no nonsense, but not yeah. a nice. not a fucking sliver of humor in him. No, no, no. He's no. very, very by the good old book. <laughs> I mean, right out of the gate, when his nieces, when the twins show up at his house, um, and they're in these like drab black, uh, brown dresses, and he gets all up in their business about uh, um, their outfits being way too colorful and flashy. So. They should be mourning their parents, right? Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. I'm glad I finally got around to watching it. Uh, another check mark in my. Uh, Hammer Films uh, viewing that uh, I feel like I need to get more watched. Yep. Um, yeah, what would you guys think? I don't know if this is uh, part of my Hammer box set or not, but if, it is, if it's not, I'm glad it's 
free to watch on YouTube, so I don't have to own it. I didn't, oh, I, wow. I, and I, I didn't hate it by any means, but I found it. I'm finding my, I'm finding out something about myself, and I don't think Hammer films are for for me. Uh, the the sets are cool, and the scores are cool, and I love all the actors, but they just cannot keep my focus. Like they cannot keep my interest long enough. No, I get it. Uh, out of, yeah, the, I hear that. Yeah, and. Yeah, it's going up against two pretty fast-paced movies on this episode, mm, and yes, I hate, I hate, right. and, and you know what? I'm not, I, I should never ever like rate a movie against its counterparts on this show, especially one where the movies are not on, even on a topic, because uh, that's not fair to that movie. But um, I don't know. I just it, it was a bit slow for me at times, and I love a slow burn, but it's just like not interesting it, up to up to the points where we find out that she's, you know, a vampire and it just, it takes a bit to get there and they actually developed their characters. I'm not saying it's a bad yeah, thing, yeah. but yeah. maybe not for me. Cause I just want to get to it. I, I, I felt like every time they started to do something that I thought was unique and interesting, then, then it like derailed. There was that moment and maybe they did more with it than I remember, but there was that moment when, uh, when the one twin first gets bit by the vampire and the other one wakes up feeling it, and I thought, oh, they're gonna go yeah. that route with it. That that's interesting, you know, the whole you know psychic link, the uh, twins can feel each other. Yeah, yeah. The, right. The, the twins from GI Joe. Um, Tomax and Stamont. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but I I felt like they didn't really do much with that. Am I wrong? Did I miss? No, nope. no, they okay. just implied it. I guess you know yeah. that would have been um, neat to keep going in that direction. But. Yeah. Um, I I I enjoyed it, but I'm I can see how you guys you know thought it was they couldn't you know hold our attention. You know, I mean, just I agree that uh, you know Quaker Oats Van Helsing was was pretty good in this. <laughs> Um, I, I think it's just a time period for me too. Like there are not a lot of movies set in this era, this this time period, this uh, the period piece. I'm just sort of like, yeah, I'm already asleep. I, by when I see a fucking wagon, I, I'm yeah, I'm usually in that boat too. Black just Sunday, because I that's feel about like, it, right? Yeah, yeah I love yeah. like all the Edgar Allan Poe AIP stuff that holds my attention a little bit yeah. better than this stuff. Does. And I think and like relatively same time period. I think to your point about Black Sunday is that it, it has so much atmosphere to it that 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 helps it. Because otherwise, yeah. otherwise, watching movies from that time period, I just have a complete disconnect. So like the horror part isn't working. You know, the character <laughs> development isn't working. It's because I have nothing to really connect with. You never film. really liked oatmeal. so There's that, too. I was but mostly bummed did that... Did you guys... Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to ask, did you guys... I had to start laughing when Peter Cushing was just like, we will cleanse them by setting them on fire. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? We'll, we'll save their souls, but, you know, hey. We'll yeah, just, shit you know, escalates quickly with that, dude. They're, oh, yeah, yeah the... He just—he's he's all about setting setting a bitch on fire, man. He's just, okay. Yeah, I was mostly just bummed at Mike for making us watch a part three of a trilogy, the Karnstein trilogy. What? Oh, I had no idea. That's right. This is part three. The first one was the Vampire Lovers, nineteen seventy, okay. Lust for a Vampire, seventy-one, and Twins of Evil. Oh man, those had so a much. series of vampire films by Hammer. 
Those first Let's two had so much more lesbianness. Yeah, damn it. Vampire lovers, lust, lust for a vampire. Lust for a vampire. But I, I thought they. I thought I might have saw this guy in when we watched Vampire Circus. Was he in that too? Or I don't know. He used uh. the same sets as Vampire Circus. <laughs> yeah, you're probably saying. right. It, it really did. It's in, the, it's in my trivia. Oh, is it? Uh, yeah. Maybe yeah, that's the, why I noticed it. The poster for Vampire Lovers looks similar. I mean, style-wise. and Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I liked the movie. I thought it was fine. And yeah, any time I can check something off the hammer list, which is definitely a blind spot, or has been, it's getting better, but I'll take it. Um, and it, this was more, yeah, like y'all said, I agree. It just on paper, it's awesome because it's like uh, a witch film with vampires. Like, that's fucking cool how they just yeah. mash those two genres together, really. And I, I, I liked all that. It just, but yeah, just, you know, it's a little slow. But, yeah. but you know, shot on film, 70s. I like it. I love that. Yeah, I like it. So. Ted, what trivia do you have for this one? Not a whole lot. Like I said, the film used the same sets as Vampire Circus. There's a lot of trivia about the twins themselves. They were uh, from Malta and still had thick Maltese accents. So, uh, so. they simply like ADR'd their dialogue with British performers after the movie. Um, hmm. Let's see. Uh, I had a little bit more on that. According to Playboy Playmate and actress Madeline Collinson, the occurrence of twin births was incredibly common for their family, noting that nearly every woman in the Collison clan had given birth to twins one time or another. In fact, Madeline and Mary's mother, a former model, would later give birth to a second set of twins. That poor woman. And they were the first ever the first ever twin playmates to pose for Playboy magazine. Oh, uh, yeah, I know this really, is bad, but I was glad that they, you know, eventually there was some nudity in the movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, helped, it helped to get to the end of it. <laughs> uh, released as a double bill with my attention. Hands of the Ripper, hmm. which I'm not familiar with. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's, like I said, most of the stuff. Uh, I guess there's one thing that uh, is not related to the twins. Uh, Damien Thomas broke his artificial fangs while biting Madison. Well, I guess he, it is involving the twins because he's biting <laughs> one of them. Uh, but yeah, everything in the trivia is about the twins. So, I mean, it is twins of evil. So, yeah, that and Peter Cushing, I can just watch him all day. Oh, he's great, yeah. even though he's hell just yeah. kind of a one-note dickhead in this well, one. Th- but... This was his first film after his wife died. Oh, rest well. in peace, Helen. Then I'll give him a pass. <laughs> No wonder no he's so, so mad. Yeah. No wonder. <laughs> we did get a sweet-ass decapitation, though. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty yeah. badass. That was pretty violent. Well, that's what I'm saying is, like, when it when it comes through, it's like, okay, this has potential to be awesome. It just takes a bit to get here. Yeah. yeah it just hammers it too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, Tad, what is our next movie? Our what next movie is from 2013. I unwrapped uh, a different movie first, but this, <laughs> <laughs> the movie we went with is World War Z. Does it live in a jungle? No. Oh. Is it really fast? No. Does it live on the Great Plains of Africa? No. Hey. What is going on? Hold on, guys. Daddy, be careful on the road. 
Get back in your car right now! Remain with your feet! What is this? It's the scene worldwide. There's anyone doing better than we are. We don't know. asking me to leave my family. I'm not gonna force you. Don't pretend you're not well suited for the job. Baby? Tell the kids I'm coming back. Just know, I'm coming back. When former U.N. investigator Jerry Lane and his family get stuck in an urban gridlock, he senses that it's no ordinary traffic jam. His suspicions are confirmed when suddenly the city erupts into chaos. A lethal virus spread through a single bite is turning healthy people into something vicious, unthinking, and feral. As the pandemic threatens to consume humanity, Jerry leads a worldwide search to find the source of the infection and, with any luck, a way to halt its spread. So this was uh, directed by Mark Forster in 2013. So we're coming up on an anniversary already. Uh, this is just one that has completely slipped me. I think maybe it came out sort of in that height of the zombie rise again, for lack of better words. Um and it's been sitting on my shelf because I found the 3D Blu-ray on clearance at yes. Big Lots for a dollar twenty-five, mm-hmm. and uh, wow. I could not pass up a 3D Blu-ray of anything for a dollar twenty-five. So I watched this in 3D. Nice. Uh, mm. That was really cool. I mean, I hate. I, awesome. I will try. Yeah, I'll try not to make that part of my mm-hmm. review. But I think honestly, like in my mind, I've always had this as like, yeah. Brad Pitt zombie movie. Oh. It, it's it's right there with you know the Dawn of the Dead remake and uh, Resident Evil and all these ba- big mainstream studios trying to punch their ticket into the zombie genre. And this was really fun. This is really cool. I mean, it yeah. doesn't re- really do a whole lot of new stuff, but it's very tense. Uh, Brad Pitt's always been an awesome actor. It's well directed. Yeah, it was. It, it didn't blow me away, but I I really enjoyed it, and I never checked my phone during it, so that's a good sign, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I assume all of you have seen this before. Yeah. This is yeah. a first time watch for oh. me. Oh, heck yeah! <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess afterwards, I probably should have 
I mean, for the listeners, this was this replaced the signal after I picked a signal. We realized we already covered the signal a few years back. Uh, so this was last minute pick, and then I realized there's also an unrated version. Um, after I watched the theatrical, but uh, I imagine what's streaming is the theatrical PG thirteen version. So I what I watched. Yeah. You know, no. Okay. So, yeah, first time watch for me and Andy. What did you think, Andy? Um, I liked it. Um, it's, it's, since you mentioned, uh, 2004's Dawn of the Dead, it's, uh, it has a similar start that way. It's very pedal to the metal and there's a lot of paranoia and nobody knows, you know, what's going on. So it doesn't really, it doesn't really let up until like, you know, Brad Pitt's, you know, doing his investigating on what he, what he needs to find out what's going on. I mean. Uh, taking refuge out on ocean liners where nobody is sick and everybody's quarantined is actually, that's like a first. I was just like, wow, that's actually a pretty good idea. Yeah, smart idea. Um, but uh, there was, uh, no, nobody can know what what would really happen if this did happen, I should say. But I mean, sometimes I think it's like, it was almost... For a zombie movie that I'm used to and that I kind of like, I know that it would affect the world, but just like them them climbing on top of each other and and doing that, I'm just like, okay, that's. I think that was just a little bit much. It was almost almost but that was fucking cool. Come on, it, it does awesome. look cool. It does look cool, but I mean, it's just like, uh, yeah, you know, and I, I it doesn't it doesn't ruin the movie for me, but um, uh. I do like, you know, just, I mean, and maybe they this borrowed this from Walking Dead, just, you know, them just studying the virus and learning how it interacts and, you know, how it will take a healthy person in, like, 11 seconds, you know, it's just like, which is probably, which explains why, you know, it's, uh, it spreads so fast, why it's such, it's such like a, it's such like a bum rush, you know, getting to, you know, healthy people. Because, you know, 12 seconds and, you know, you're over. Uh, and and you know, I, I, I thought him, like, jumping on a plane and just flying to another country, like, seeing the scene was a little far-fetched, it felt like. It's like, can't you just call someone? I don't know. But uh, yeah, it made it interesting because it's like, here's what a zombie plague would look like here. Here's what a zombie right. plague would look like there. And it puts them in different situations here. Here they are in a dark rainy climate. Here they are in the desert. Here they are in, you know, a city yeah. or snow zombies. You know? Well, of course he didn't get, he didn't go anywhere cold, but I always felt, um, I always felt like they did that because um, of the book. This is based on a, a Max book Brooks. by Max Brooks. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I'll, I can get more into it when I discuss my feelings on the film, but I felt like that was I mean, like the the connecting thread to the book was having him kind of jump all around the globe. Well, the name of the movie is World War Z. True, you know. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I I I enjoyed it. Um, uh, I you know I can't be hypercritical knowing the uh, um. The rating of the movie going in, you know, because I knew it was going to be it was going to be a milder, you know, zombie that zombie movie that I'm used to. 
and that's okay. Um, yeah, overall, I mean, I en- I enjoy- I enjoyed it. I mean, it was uh, it was more of a. It's probably the more epic uh, zombie movie that I've ever seen. But um, all in all, yeah, I enjoyed it. You don't always have to go last, Mike. I know. Uh, yeah, I fucking love this movie. I was so happy that Tad messed up and we got a chance to watch this movie. <laughs> it was. I've been wanting to watch it again because I, you know, well, the first time I watched it, I loved the shit out of it, and I was like, I've been wanting to watch it again, and thankfully we got to. Uh, you guys see it in theaters? I think I did. I don't think I did. It's a you know the scope of this thing. It definitely would have looked good on the big screen. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I always thought that the, my favorite part of a zombie film is the outbreak. Oh, man. You know, watching it start and spread, right? Like, that's the really interesting part, just seeing, we didn't necessarily get a patient zero and that's okay, but just, just seeing it spread and start and like, and it felt fucking, it was real time. I mean, kind of. It, I mean, it played out that way a lot, and that was really great. And yeah, Brad Pitt's awesome. I love that first scene when they're finally getting out of that building onto the helicopter, and he comes running out of there and jumps to the ledge. And you're like, "What What's the fuck's he doing? he doing? What's he yeah. doing?" Yeah, just, like, just in case he turns, he I'm knew, like, yeah. "That's fucking yeah. cool. That's a really cool thing." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <it's, laughs> would you? Could you? Yeah, probably. But um, yeah, and uh. Yeah, so and then I love the I mean right, it seems like you're either team Romero zombie or team fast zombie, but I think you can Snyder, do both. Zack right. Snyder zombie. Oh, my bad. Um Snyder cut, bro. But Oh my god. But the <laughs> the fast zombie man, I don't give a fuck. They're both I love them they're both, both terrifying. Yeah. Man, yeah. It's scary For different as reasons. Fuck. Yeah. yeah, give yeah. me both. I and, want all the zombies. And them climbing that fucking wall is like, I don't care if it's ridiculous. It's also probably really realistic of like the, you know, of bloodthirsty got to get over that wall. They're going to fucking just it's, go. It's, it's like when ants <laughs> create bridges uh, yeah, yeah, out of man. their bodies. You Absolutely. Know? And uh, yeah, freaking loved it, man. Just, um, yeah, I think that was most of the stuff. Yeah, Mike. Mike, have you read the book? Is that what you're? No. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll get to that, but I just want to uh, um, continue on with what Jason was saying because that's exactly what I was going to say. My favorite part about movies like this is the opening scenes where the outbreak happens, and I like that there's no patient zero because I feel like we're getting almost like our perspective mm-hmm. if something like this would happen. It's like subtle things are happening in the background that if we're not paying attention – um doesn't yeah. doesn't seem out of out of the ordinary but if you are paying attention you know shit's going down and just watching just like normal society quickly devolve is i just it <laughs> doesn't take too long for things to turn to shit does it nope nope mike likes all. to watch it burn that's yeah, right i do that you know it uh, yeah, get burned. I, I get just burned. that's my favorite moment of a zombie apocalypse is the uh is the beginning and just watching that. And I could just, I could do a whole movie of that. As a matter of fact, um, what was that, uh, uh, that movie about the girl who's slowly turning into a zombie? Um, the girl with all the gifts? No. 
Yeah, that movie's awesome. I wish you'd watch that. Where she was patient zero, as we found out in the sequel. What the hell is that? Um, oh, man. Whatever. Um, <laughs> no help. Yep. Uh, so, anyway, the, the only thing I was going to bring up about the book, and I, I don't want to be that guy of like, oh, oh there's nothing like the book. Because um, it's not. It's nothing like the book. And that's okay. It's its own thing. And it, the only thing that's a bummer to me is that the book is so, how would you adapt this into a movie kind of book? Because it's all journals. It's about the history, the history of zombie outbreak in the world, in different countries, in different time periods. And it's all like military chronologically um uh, documented. documented, yeah, and it plays like it plays like you're reading um, government documents. So it's a really interesting read and really unique take on the zombie thing. And just when this movie was first announced, I'm like, oh, how are they going to adapt that by just not adapting it? Right, <laughs> exactly. So I mean, I'm just a little I mean, disappointed. It's military based, but yeah, not... and you get that all over the world stuff. Yeah, I'm just a um, the movie on its own. Is is fun. Yeah. I enjoyed it. it is, it's a fun zombie romp, but <laughs> which isn't a thing. <laughs> but just a little disappointed in the fact that I would love to have seen them try to actually adapt this unadaptable thing. You know what I'm saying? That's that's all. That's all. Um, but yeah, don't go into it expecting the book because it's its own thing, and that and that's fine on its own too. Um, I like. The I like the idea of them not necessarily coming up with a cure, but I guess a way of camouflaging it, or almost like you can coexist with these zombies a, a temporary until you get it under control. Fix, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a band aid. At least get some control back. And mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, so that feels was cool. A, feels a little, uh, you know, uh, relevant right now, right? I, mean, I was going to say that. Years. Yeah, like <laughs> the first time I watched this, yeah. we didn't have a pandemic. This time it was like, oh. This feels different when I watch this movie. It is, uh, yeah, it is There's interesting watching it in there. nowadays compared to 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I liked it, yeah. And it can be it can be a little over the top and stuff with some of the things like the zombies, you know, building a, a ladder to the top of the... But it's still cool. It's still, it's still fun and intense. It's such an intense scene because I'm sitting there going... Stop freaking singing that song. <laughs> right. You're attracting them. Yeah. It's like a moth to a flame. And it, it's just cool seeing the big scope of it. You don't get, uh, you know, it seems like you get a lot of zombie movies that make zombie movies because you can make them cheap. And so you don't get big Hollywood grand scale thousands. wide shots of like thousands. All, you know, you made the comparison to Ants Building a Bridge. Those are like wide shots of the of them running around outside of that wall. Awesome. It looked like freaking ants. Yeah. yeah. It was very yeah. awesome. Very cool getting that scope in a zombie movie, which is, which is neat. And, you know, I, I like how there is, there's just one goal for the there's like one direction for the zombie it's just no matter what the cost is getting to getting to that meal i guess you could say yeah you're it really reminds me of like train to basan exactly yep. that's exactly what i was gonna say i feel like train to basan did it a little bit better um but again i that this again that goes back to a smaller scope and so you're seeing cooler things like 
personal damage to individual zombies instead of like this grand scale of of zombie ants climbing on top of each other you're not getting as gruesome of mayhem as like zombies just running through a window and face planting on concrete and stuff like that but yeah it was good. I enjoyed it. I also like how like there's moments in the film where like the stakes go up. Where like, right in the beginning, the one dude's like, "Eh, the president's dead," and blah blah. <laughs> You're like, "Oh fuck!" What? Yeah, very nonchalantly. Right, right. And, then, like, and the the VP's missing. Yeah, and then like what? It's like super funny, but it's like the saddest thing in the world when scientist guys messing around on the plane she instantly slips yeah all of our hope that we have built in this movie so far and that trips yeah. and, oh you know what other movie uses that oh. same tr- exact trope what was it i remember uh, planet terror oh yeah they're trying to save the world and they're they have the scientists with them and he sticks his head out to check for any like zombies and they just snipe his head immediately <laughs> a bullet right through his head it's like Oh shit! The finality of that, you know, like yeah. yeah, isn't that that one movie that's part of that one movie? Yeah, it's part of it's just like a chapter in Grindhouse, but um, right. yeah, that mm-hmm. that that feature film Grindhouse. Yeah. Uh, but I, I like I said, I almost knew nothing of this going in. I knew, you know, Brad Pitt saw the trailers. Uh, I knew about the book. Uh, I have the F- Zombies Guide to Apocalypse, the first book. Yeah, I don't have too, yeah. I don't have this one, um, but. Uh, after we watched it, I, again, I watched it on Blake's, like, big, he has a projector with a 100-inch something screen, and th- we watched it in 3D, and it was so fucking cool, um, with surround sound, Not and bad, then, man. and then afterwards, it was like, you know, he was like, well, did you hear, like, all the production problems? I'm like, no, because Blake knew all about this movie, and so we watched some YouTube videos about it, and, uh, apparently this was like, you know, Went over budget. They shot this movie. Brad Pitt was a producer as well. Um, and then they like the studio was like, uh, the whole third act is unusable. It's awful. We got to figure this out. So they brought Damon Lindelof on and he rewrote like the third act and they reshot the entire third act of the movie uh, oh, wow. way later and reshoots. Because everyone had had like a really tight schedule, so they had to like take like a year long break and come back later. So it sat there for a while, and they had a whole different uh, DP working. Uh, I guess at that point, uh, Brad Pitt and the director were no longer speaking on speaking terms, so oh they had to go through someone. A middleman had to give each other notes because they wouldn't directly address each other. Um, but apparently, and uh, there's going to be listeners who know about this and they're going to yell at me because I'm going to butcher it because I, I couldn't really in the on, off the cuff of my uh, doing this. But I couldn't think I couldn't find the basically the original ending. But I think it's like after they leave the area that was walled in, he gets on the plane. Uh, there was no that plane does not have the grenade scene. That's where oh, like wow. everything's different from that point where he throws a grenade in the plane. Which is really fucking cool scene, but really stupid. yeah, I like that. I love that. Um, but apparently to from get that to the hospital, yeah, yeah, yeah. So everything after that was reshot. Um, apparently, like that plane made it, and and this was not just like in the script. They shot the whole third act and then went back. Wow. Uh, and he goes on to this other. I don't know what country it was, but like he gets there and. 
it's this this country basically is taking people and making them like slaves and each but everybody has a job to do and he and Brad Pitt's character gets like basically condemned to checking these underground tunnels to clear them of zombies and like it flash forwards like I don't know 10 years or something and he's still doing that wow. and he's assumed like he's trying to get his way back to the u.s to find his wife but he doesn't he hasn't been in contact with her he doesn't know but he has like a big gray beard and he has like you know he's got the big hood mm. on and everything and mm. it's just sort of like a not really an ending ending and sort of it, but it did leave it open but uh apparently it was just like the, the studio and everybody just agreed it was awful so they went back and completely reshot the last at third act wow <laughs> And no one's ever, like, it's never been publicly put out there. Oh, I want to see it. Yeah, me too. Man. But before we move on, I, you know, on uh, Google, you just type in the movie, and then there's, like, uh, people also ask. Uh-huh. Like, under there, I just wanted to read the first three questions. It's really funny <laughs> to me. I hope this does not become a segment. but <laughs> New segment uh, time, uh, everybody. People <laughs> also ask. Uh, this first one was neat. Uh, was a, why was World War Z 2 canceled? And it says, in conclusion, World War Z 2 was canceled due to multiple reasons, including departure of the director, Brad Pitt's busy schedule, and China's ban on zombie and ghost movies. Well, I also read Is that. that real? Well, in the. Oh. They made some kind of cut where um, apparently, like, the they would have gone to a health organization or, or somehow mm-hmm. implied that it happened, an outbreak happened in China. And they're like, well, we can't do that and then release it in China. They'll never let it happen. And then I guess China still banned it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't know about them not allowing – I mean, isn't that their whole horror right. thing is ghost girls? I don't know. Right? Right? Yeah. Uh, the second question is the most ridiculous thing yet explains a lot about our society. Uh, the second question is, is World War Z based on a true story? <laughs> That's the second most popular question people have asked. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that Every, the stupid Everything you thing? saw on the screen happened. What? It's true. What is it? Well, I'm assuming uh, they, somewhere. Who's typing that in? I'm assume, no, I assume that they're talking about the book because it's like I done. Because the done. book reads so straight. But based right. on a like true story. It's so good. And then so the third question, why is World War Z so good? <laughs> Come on. And then their answer it goes into about, you know, at least because it was based on a book and and it's a dumb answer, but those are that's ridiculous drinks things. Pepsi. Yeah. True story. Well, I mean, uh, okay, in their defense, imagine <laughs> you're reading the book, okay, and it says, like, oh, yeah. in ancient Korea, like, you know, they had instances where, like, the dead would rise temporarily, and they, and, and it's like, I want to know if that's true, because we've heard about, like, voodoo zombies, and, yep. you, I mean, uh, Serpent and Rainbow, like, yep. Yep. that shit, you know, Sounds that's real. based on real culture, yep. like, you know, it's not, yeah. not necessarily, yeah, so I could see people reading that book and saying, okay, is some of this based on truth? But yeah, when you put it, it's World War Z based on a true story. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> anyway, that's what I had. But. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Tad, what trivia you got for this one? You probably said most of it already. There's all kinds of it, but um, I have to give my best friend Brian Clark his due here. Peter Capaldi is a doctor 
with the World Health Organization, the WHO or WHO doctor. The filmmakers had inside knowledge. Yep, the filmmakers had inside knowledge that Capaldi would soon be portraying the title role in Doctor Who. Uh, the BBC publicly <laughs> announced the casting two months after the film was released. So this was before? I don't know. Somehow before? Uh, anyways. Uh, so yeah, a little Doctor Who sound effect just for He you, played, man. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, at the time... At the time of its release, this was the highest grossing film of Brad Pitt's career, which oh, wow. isn't that surprising. I mean, that he's incredible, but but he's, I mean, it wasn't like he was in, like, blockbusters. He's in really good movies, but... Uh, this movie's awesome, and it's on Netflix, people, if you haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's, all, there's all kinds of stuff. If you read through this, a lot of it uh, is interesting, like Max Brooks. Uh, he sort of went into the movie knowing how much it was not based on his book and thought he would hate it. And he actually liked it for the reasons that they strayed away from it. It was like, oh, this is awesome. so, this is so far away from my book that it doesn't like <laughs> it doesn't, hurt my feelings. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like, it's, it's his own paycheck. And, right. Yeah, and it's, like, <laughs> and it's his own thing. And it's his own thing. So yeah, it's not it like, yeah. it, I, it would be heart, more heartbreaking if they tried to adapt it and failed. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. they just did their own thing and, and succeeded. And he's like, it's cool that we have both now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. A uh, total of 85 prop machine guns, rifles, and pistols uh, were used in uh, scenes filmed in Hungary, but they were confiscated by counterterrorism customs officers, officers in Budapest after being flown from London. Hmm. Uh, yeah, they apparently thought they were Some real. Plastic guns. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, there is like a laundry list here, uh, but. Uh, yeah, if you if you watch this and enjoy it, go check out the trivia on IMDb because it's never ending. <laughs> Thank you, Tad, for some trivia there. You're welcome, Andy. What is your film that you unwrapped? Our next film is a Lamberto Bava film from 1986, and it is called Demons Two. Wait, there's something weird here. 
not much of a trailer, um, but <laughs> here we go. A documentary is shown on TV of a group of teens who investigate the legendary Forbidden Zone in which a demon infant's infestation once took place. Demons won. Finding a lifeless corpse of a demon, one of the teens causes the resurrection of it, and the demon makes its way into the nearby world of TV broadcast. An unlucky girl, having her birthday party at that time, gets possessed by the demon while watching the documentary, and soon the entire building in which she lives turns into a living nightmare. Um, I like this one. Um, it's Personally, I don't think it's as good as the first one. But um, it's, you know, it's kind of like, uh, I, I guess this is probably the first Evil Dead Rise, in a way. Um, but uh, you've got the film debut. I know I'm talking about but, you, you know, we, we know when we see her. It's the film debut of Asia Argento. Um, and she, she's a kid in this uh in this film and she gets trapped in the the parking lot which is one of the, one of my uh nitpicks about this film we never know what happens to her did you guys notice that no yeah they never they never you know she's in the car and n- nothing ever at that that she's just she's still there <laughs> um uh but basically it's uh kind of like a it's kind of like Evil Dead, you know, you just gotta, you, it's, these demons are running throughout this uh, high-rise um, apartment building, and, um, you know, people are just trying to stay alive, and just may- mayhem ensues, and uh, the, uh, the the effects are still really, really cool, with the teeth pushing out of the head, and, the, and you know, all that, and... Uh, Pimpy McSideburns from the first one makes, uh, he, he comes back in this one. And God, he's he's goddamn, yeah, he's awesome. In this all the stuff that happens in the parking garage in this, I absolutely love. Them just peeling around and like you know they're throwing seats in front of the doors. They're trying to get out of there, and um, he's that guy's awesome with a with a twelve gauge shotgun. Yeah, there's great headshots in this film. Um. Another crazy one is where a kid gets possessed by a demon, starts chasing this pregnant lady around her apartment, which is hilarious. And then all of a sudden, he just falls down, and then a Venus flytrap-looking thing comes out of his chest. Uh, really, really great stuff. It's it's really fun. Um, there's a great kill with an umbrella that just impales this thing, and he pushes it through the wall. Um, uh, to uh, another character that was in the first Demons uh, makes an appearance in this as well as a security guard. Uh, but there's one um, part of this film uh, that I couldn't quite make sense. There's a car crash, but it never really, that never really gets resolved either. I think that was just, you know, another way for them to basically go back to the way they did the old film because there's a, there's punk rockers in a car and Oddly enough, the driver looked like Tommy Fury, which kind of made me laugh. But um, they they get into a car crash, and that's the only reason way it the only reason that it's tied to the apartment building is because the uh, people from the apartment building uh, are trying to get back to their son, 
and nothing is ever really resolved from that either. It's not a fatal crash or anything like that, but it's like, well, okay. Um, this one, unlike the other one, I mean, it does have like hard rock, but it's more like a new wave soundtrack. It's got like the, the Smiths and love and rockets, I think. Um, yeah, all in all, it's, it's pretty good. It's about this, you know, it's got this guy trying to get his pregnant wife out of there. There's, uh, a little you kid know. demon. Yeah. Um, a dog demon. That's right. There is a dog one. Um, but yeah, lots of lots of explosions and it's, you know, it's a it's a typical, you know, zombie demon possession film where you just got to kill them and just keep running running away, but I prefer the first one, but this one is uh, this one's a close second. I enjoyed it. What did you guys think? It's like a, a double unwrapped because I got to unwrap this one myself. I have yeah. that. <laughs> that uh, I think we have the same set, don't we? Yeah, I have the 4K 1 and 2 set. It's awesome. It's just the blue. The blue yeah. ray. But... And uh, I, I've always I've seen the first one several times. I think uh, I listed it as my favorite movie of the year I was born, 85. So uh, this has been on my radar forever, I've and I owned it and so i got to unwrap this one and uh fucking rules man like it's not (laughs) not quite as good as the first one but uh i mean it's it's very similar and it's a sequel i mean it's like like most sequels of that time where it's like i has some good stuff and it, it at least was like smart about it in in that it's like meta where it's they're watching this documentary on tv and they try something different Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't just like more demon possession in the same, you know, in, in like a different area or something. Uh, and, and they, you could tell, let's try this in like an apartment building. Let's put it in a gym and put it in a parking lot or a parking garage. Uh, and just gives us an excuse to see some gnarly gore. And I've always loved the transformations in these movies. Right. And so we get a lot more of that and we get some even weirder shit where, creatures are coming out of dogs and uh, <laughs> uh and as soon as you see the pregnant woman in like the leotard it's like oh no that's this is not gonna end well you see a little boy in an apartment you're like this is not gonna end well uh and then you we, like you said we get the the big awesome uh italian ken Forey uh back right. and but he now he's now he's in the gym like motivating a bunch of muscle heads i'm like this yeah. is gonna end good um <laughs> so I, I i really enjoyed it uh, i did miss you know obviously missed the movie theater aspect of the first one which adds to that atmosphere and there's no cool like motorcycle katana scenes um but i don't know how you top that um, yeah. So they did something different, and I I think it's a nice it'd be nice back to back double feature. It's really fun yeah. to sort of see what they do with this, and uh, I had a blast with it. And it's it's short and sweet and doesn't drag at all. It's this one again. The I, I will say I missed like the first one had a really cool soundtrack. This one had like the same song over and over again that we heard on that trailer. It's like the same guitar riff throughout the whole goddamn movie, but. Uh, <laughs> Still cool. I yeah, I love both of these movies a lot, but the, the first one is definitely 
far better because uh, you get cool, crazy cool stuff like riding around a motorcycle with a samurai sword or helicopters crashing through the top of the movie theater. But just the just the backdrop of the whole film of the first movie, I just personally love. Again, the movie theater aspect of it is so much more enticing and appealing and cool than you know just a modern um, apartment complex. So, yeah, but there's still a lot of cool stuff I like. You know, there's there's cool tension with the stuff in the elevator. Uh, uh, that all that stuff was really neat. I like the little ghoulie that pops out of the back of the demon kid's back and is running around. I just <laughs> like that puppet yeah. so much. It's a little bit ruined by the constant high pitched screeching that it does the whole oh. effing time. It's almost like a comic comical thing. Like it almost makes it funny. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, and, I just, want it, and I want it to be scary. Just watching that foam latex puppet flop around was funny enough. I didn't need the screeching. Kind of <laughs> want to just put it on mute during those scenes. Um, you know, and you get that with Italian stuff though. There's always there's always something that they just something cool that they do. Like the first time it screeches, it's like okay, that's kind of neat. But then they just drag it out to the point of annoying. Um, and Sally, I, I, biggest, what? I was gonna say, Sally has the worst fucking friends. Like, she, she goes storming <laughs> out of one. She doesn't even come like out to her own party. No one's concerned about it. Then she comes out to a party, storms off into the other room because they invited the wrong guy, and no one thinks about it. They're they're ready to blow out the candles, and they're like, "Where's Sally? You haven't noticed she's been gone for an hour at her own fucking birthday party? You guys suck." Yeah, they're not very perceptive, are they? Not very good well, friends to Sally. Or they just don't don't give a shit. Well, they're just there at a party in Sally's house or apartment, and it's yeah. like, "Where's Peter Sally?" Cage. <laughs> yeah. I again, I love this movie, but I will say, like when I first watched it in high school, I, I hated it, and and here's why: it was one, it was when I was first starting getting into Italian horror films and didn't understand how Italian horror films sequels work. Um. So when I'm like, oh, Demons 2, cool, we're going to get this uh, post-apocalyptic, you know, uh, demon movie where the whole city has already been overrun by demons. And then I'm watching, like, they just did the exact same thing they did in the first movie. It's the exact same thing. It's uh, not broke. Yeah, exactly. But I will say, in comparison to pretty much every other Italian sequel out there. This one is the most connected to its uh, previous film. And I, and I appreciate, it's almost like we're getting, you know, in this day and age where like, you know, thanks to Marvel cinematic universe and everything else, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, best picture of the year, we get, we get all these concepts of multiple universes. I feel like this movie is kind of doing that too. It's kind of like a parallel universe to the first film. Uh, and the whole opening documentary is is a nod to that first film where that first film happened. But then this movie yeah. is littered with all a ton of the same actors that were in the first film playing different roles. So I feel like it really adds to that almost like this could be a parallel reality kind of scenario. I've always I always like the idea of like the monsters popping out of a TV. That's that's really cool, and that effect was I really neat. I like that effect a lot. Yeah, that it, effect for was being really bad. Neat. It was good. Video drumish. 
I mean, that still looked good for, yeah. That, they did it that's better cool. than Video Dead, that's, cool. that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, although, I will say, I love how at the end, uh, the husband is like, instantly, he's like smashing all the TVs and stuff to keep her from popping out again in a shorter amount of time than it took for her to stand there and watch the demon pop out of the one TV at the beginning of the film. Like, you could have just uh, smashed the TV then and it would have, you know, the movie would have been over. Uh, I like how they show that shot over and over and over again of that demon girl running down the, the hall. <laughs> they use it in, like, every location, but it's the same shot. Uh, yeah, the effects are cool. There's some, you know, some cool gore. Uh, I just, what I love about both of these movies is the look of the demons and they're consistent. There's a consistency to this look, which puts it, which puts it in the um, a, a, sequ- a legitimate sequel to the first film because I feel like we're dealing with the exact same creatures from the first film, uh, even down to the the demon child. His makeup was great. It's that scene where he's like his head. <laughs> she's trying to squish his head in the door where he's trying to <laughs> claw his way through and. And the makeup's holding up underneath that stress, and it just—I just thought it all looked really, really cool. I just love the uh, the overtop greens and yellows that you get in uh, in those demon makeups and those uh, contact lenses. Oh yeah, like, the when they show the yeah. close up of Sally and she's at the studio and she's like, the, mm-hmm. the baby has just been born and she, but she, we realize she's blind. She like sticks her head through the curtain. It's a real close up of the face. Yeah, and that's just the seeing those eyes like bloodshot and white. It's just so cool. Yes, very cool, very cool. Although you think she still could have attacked them just based on sound because that baby yeah. was crying the whole time. But regardless, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, yeah, and even though this uh, franchise continued, um, this was the last of the good ones. So uh, Demons 2, check it out. What do you say, Jason? I love this series' first movie. <laughs> oh. Here we go. Yeah, here's the thing. So everybody <laughs> take a drink. Uh, Who is that drinking game now? I, I did not enjoy this film like you guys did. Uh, I feel like the uh, what you heard of the tr- quote-unquote trailer that we played is what this movie is. It's 90 minutes of fucking screaming and grunting. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm not fucking kidding. It's 90 minutes of fucking oh. screaming. Like, actually watch it again, and that's what it is. It's, I'm trying not to say bad words. Um, yep, it's not for me. Kid show. Well, you saw what happened to Italian Ken Faree. He got that testicular claw put on him. You'd scream, too. I'm, guys, it's 90 minutes of, is that trailer? It's just, yeah, that trailer. oh, it, it, it's it is. Screaming. I mean, it, it's, it's so fucking annoying. It sucks. It, it's I like, it. <laughs> There. It is like couldn't hold it in. almost the opposite of Twins of Evil, where it's like a quiet character study. <laughs> this is like, uh, these guys are gym rats. These people are party people. This is a family. Like, they don't, there's no developing them. And it's just like, let's find ways to kill them. And that's fine with me. Like, this, I, I could turn my brain off and just enjoy the stupidity for an hour and a half. And, I, I don't mind. I mean, I, it's not something I would. Uh, I, I if I'm in the mood for it, which I was, I I could really enjoy it. But I can see where Jason's coming from too, where it's just like 
over just never stops. It does not. But, but it does, relax. I will say, when they cut to like the documentary or the, the footage when they're watching, I love that scene where they find the demon under like the wood and they're like, we found a demon, you know, oh, we're going to, we got to document this. We're going to be rich or whatever. And her blood from the cut drips into it and it comes back to life. That was so fucking cool. And that yeah, was that quiet. Was cool. <laughs> Jump started. In the beginning of the movie, there's at least two scenes, two references where they say, hey, it's dark in here. And they're standing in light when they say it. <laughs> this fucking uh, ch- critter is the ugliest and dumbest looking rubber puppet. <laughs> Oh, it doesn't I love him. function in any way. It sucks. He it's just a rubber puppet that doesn't move. How can that be in any way scary? It's and cool yes, cool. his noise is it's not cool. <laughs> and it makes a stupid fucking noise way too loud, way too long. I even got like I don't know, I felt like maybe Tad's influencing me, <laughs> but I had a hard time watching the dog business. Like, yeah. That that sucked. And I I don't think I like this demon teeth shit. I hate it. It's too gross, and I, I don't like it. I don't like uh, it so makes I me uncomfortable, which is I think is why I like it. Anything it's involving a transformation. teeth. Yeah, it's yeah teeth or the like in the first movie when the fingernails are yeah popping out because and the demon nails are growing underneath it. I really wanted that chick to get slapped in the elevator. She was just freaking out. Just and he keeps telling her, like, calm down. I mean, that's a prime example of what Jason's talking about. Her <laughs> losing her shit in an elevator, and he's just like, be quiet, be quiet, shut up. I did have a little crush on Nancy Brill, though. I thought she was awesome and great, the pregnant lady at the end. Yeah, but she's. I thought she's she was awesome in this. Awesome. Nope, fuck the rest of it. Okay. Oh, bummer. Um, talking about the repetitive music, did you guys actually listen to or read um, subtitles of the uh, uh, lyrics to the rock song that the punks were listening to in the car? Nope. I think it was their second scene or whatever. Might have been Love and Rockets. Oh, man, I wish, I wish you guys would have because I thought it was hilarious. It almost sounded like the lyrics were literally like, um, uh, a news broadcast about uh, uh, about the traffic in the city because it was like <laughs> the tunnel is closed and you have to go a different route. That was like literally the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want that song so bad. I'm like, oh, this is cool. They do their news as rock songs. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a bummer. You didn't like it, Jason. Yeah, sorry. Not now for we me. get it. I will. I will take a guess that this will probably be Elgin's favorite uh, horror movie. Because there's Masters of the Universe toys in it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You got that I almost, too. Yeah. I was going to take video and send it to him. I'm like, but I don't want him to ever have to see this. <laughs> oh. So I didn't. <laughs> Come on. All right, Tad. What, uh, what trivia do you have for this one? A lot of it is uh, just not really even trivia. It's like, hey, the guy that played Tony the Pimp is back. But uh, <laughs> I found some interesting ones. Uh, the resurrection of the first demon, uh, which is the movie within the movie, was uh, done by filming a melting wax head and then playing the footage in reverse, which uh, is an old trick, but really worked well. And then... Uh, the first demon popping out of the television was done by having an actor wearing a mask press his face against a latex screen. Uh, 
And uh, big surprise, shocking re- revelation here. The little boy demon was actually played by an adult dwarf. I don't know if you guys caught that. It wasn't actually what? the little boy in the makeup. I figured it was. It was very obvious. I mean, yeah. no uh, no offense to dwarves, but they do not look the same as kids. Uh, so, yeah. There, there's other stuff, too. But, uh, I mean, uh, is this really trivia? Shooting began on June 30th, 1986. <laughs> okay. Cool, bro. Yeah. Oh, my. The movie was made. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. This was an Italian production. Well, the scene where Hannah has a baby was not in the original script. Uh, Hannah's baby would have become a demon inside of her and clawed its way out, uh, but it was taken out when Liberto Bava and Dario Gento decided they wanted a little bit happier ending. It's For in some descriptions, in though, too, that there's a demon baby, and I'm like, oh. And then it doesn't happen in the movie. I'm like, oh. <laughs> we all thought it was going to go that route. Yeah. And so kudos to them for... Throwing a song. <laughs> sure. All right. Well, man, there's cellophane all over the floor. Um, <laughs> we've all unwrapped our movies and we're ready to put them back on the shelves, never to watch again. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it'll be segments. the segments part of the show. First, though, you're going to hear a promo for our podcast network called. You guessed it, the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. I don't know why you would have guessed it. The PFPN is home to 30-plus shows, including The Horror Cast, a group of six friends, Walshy, Mark Nato, Horror Gal Susan, Reverend Vin, Mr. Venom, and Captain Creepy, review horror cinema old and new. Check out one of the best, next to Attack of Killer Podcast, movie podcasts on the web. You can listen to the horror cast and all the other shows at thepfpn.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the show. Next up, we're going to hear from you, the listeners. Here's Jason with Shoutouts. It's time for Shoutouts! All right, we asked, what have you not seen that's still on your shelf wrapped in plastic? And we got some brave souls to fess up. We got attacker Jacob McLaughlin. He says, it's not wrapped in plastic. I open all of my movies upon buying them. I remember when you used to do that. Like, we couldn't even yeah. get out of the parking lot. No. <laughs> You've got to open, and then you do your strange ritual of sticking your receipt inside the clippy of the... Yep. I still have so many DVDs and, and Blu-rays that have the receipts in them. And it's kind of fun. We... So every once in a while, I'll pull it out and see what else was purchased that same day or whatever. But Jacob says, uh, but I haven't watched my Vinegar Syndrome disc of Uninvited yet. I really should watch the Barf Cat movie already. I know. Heck yeah. I keep hearing all about it. (laughs) 
Tim Lennerer says, I haven't seen the 1975 Shaw Brothers horror movie, Black Magic, yet. I'll Ooh, get to it at too. some point, I'm sure. That's a good one. Over on our Facebook group, we got that one guy, Mr. 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 PhD Who himself, Brian Clark. Said, and, oh, that <laughs> jerk face. How am I supposed to read these words? These aren't even <laughs> words he wrote. You jerk kid. I am not even going to try. These are, uh, and I'll get to the ones I do know. Dead girls. Skip that oh, one. Wow. Darker than night. Poison for the fairies. What's the first one? I can't. The, yeah, these. You try reading it. I am not going to. Sorry, Brian. I don't know what language those things are. Call in next time. Buddy. Yes, leave your goddamn voicemail. I was thinking that too. That Brian. Brian Clark should should join the other Brian and start leaving voicemails as well. And what he could do for his voicemails is um, whatever uh, films we're talking about, connecting him to Doctor Who. No, he always does. Bond Darwaza Varina. He's trying to get me to read from the Book of the Dead, isn't he? Yeah. Condar. (laughs) I'm going to wake something up if I read this list. I know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, uh, nothing on Twitter. Over on Instagram, we got, oh, Attacker Emily, Zombie Queen Strange says, I collect a lot of cheesy movies, so here's the, the first four I found. Nazi Overlord, Shebot, Bride of Scarecrow, and Sushi Girl. Oh, Sushi Girl is good. Sushi I, Girl I've seen. I don't know the others, but Sushi <laughs> Girl is awesome. The only problem with Sushi Girl is they give away the movie in the title. So um, that's kind of a bummer. But it's got Mark Hamill in it. It's got, um, didn't, isn't our buddy Ben Clayton associated with that film somehow? I can't remember how. Mm-hmm. Tony I think he Todd. did uh, the uh, uh, storyboards. <clears throat> oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, and then like Brian, I think she made up all those other titles. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, she probably <laughs> went shopping with Godzilla and got him at Dollar Tree. I believe it. it was, I oh. wish Dollar Tree had cool movie titles. Wait like till that. you hear his voicemail. Anyway, uh, one more to go. We got the Reebster old school video underscore ink. He says, still need to watch my Coffin Joe trilogy. And Why haven't you done that? And Night of the Demon, which I hear is a Bigfoot dick ripping good time. It is. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I love that review. Yes, a Bigfoot dick ripping good time. Sasquatch rips a biker's dick off. That should be on the box. It should. <laughs> quote, quote, yeah. Reapster. Reapster. <laughs> and here is our weekly voicemail, Godzilla. Hey everybody, Attacker Brian here, and it sounds like we're doing another unwrapped episode here at a Back of the Killer podcast. And if I had a penny for every movie I had that was still in the wrapper, I'd have like five dollars. I could go to Dollar Tree and buy four more Blu rays. <laughs> but seriously, well, not seriously, because I know we know that's not a joke. <laughs> I was looking through my movies. And I happened to come across Sugar Hill, still in the wrapper, never seen this movie. And on the front, it says, meet Sugar Hill and her zombie hitman. The mafia has never met anything like them. So I think my job this week is to watch Sugar Hill. 
And, you know, everybody should pull a movie off their shelf they haven't watched, sit down with some popcorn, nice cold drink, and have a good week. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you, Godzilla. Sugar Hill is awesome. Yes, is he it? definitely needs to watch that. It's one of my favorite 70s black exploitation films. But it's one of my favorites because it's more in the horror realm than, say, like you know, like a Shaft or, um, or Rudy Raymore movie or something. Cool. Well, thank you, Godzilla. And all you guys can leave a voicemail just like he did. Like you should, Brian Clark. Uh, you give us a call at 415-952-6857 or 415-95-AOTKP. Leave us that voicemail and we will play it on the show. And before we go, we got one more segment. It's time for Insane's Picks. <laughs> Oh, man, I love screwball comedies of the 1980s, man. Hamburger the Movie, Joysticks, Screwballs. And this next Insane's Picks is no exception. What do you get when you take part Police Academy, mix it with the weirdest concept for a trade school, throw in some necrophilia jokes for good measure? That's right. You get 1988's Mortuary Academy. <laughs> Two nerds, Sam, Christopher, played by Christopher Atkins, and Max, played by Perry Lang, inherit the grim mortuary and academy from their uncle. But in order to keep their inheritance, they must attend and graduate from the academy. The current owner, Paul Bartell, uh, tells the Grimm brothers that if they fail to graduate, the ownership of the business will stay with him. Paul Bartell, along with his assistant, Mary, played by, well, Mary Warnoff, uh, is also a professor, and actually the only professor, really, at the Academy. Uh, con uh, they conspire to make sure that the brothers do not succeed. Paul is also secretly a uh, necrophiliac. Uh, the school is full of incompetent students, and all kinds of wacky hijinks ensue. There's one student that impales dead bodies. There's another that brings a puppy back from the dead with robotic engineering. Uh, the movie is gross at times, dumb at most times, but it's still a whole lot of fun. Everything you would want from an 80 screwball comedy. It's a little lesser known, so I wanted to bring it to your attention, and it's always worth it anytime you get Paul Bartell and Mary Warnoff together again. So that's my Insane's pick for this episode, 1988's Mortuary Academy. Screwball comedy. Added screwiest. <laughs> wow. So that is it for this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Thanks you thanks to all of you for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe. Leave us iTunes reviews mm -hmm. while you're at it. Also, you should totally check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, there's some pretty cool stuff on there. Don't we have a TikTok now? We have a TikTok as well. Go ahead and, uh, and uh, subscribe to that too. Um, if you like our show, consider becoming an attacker at jointheattackers.com. So there's and so much Attack of the Killer podcast you can get in your life. And if you like our show, consider getting uh, mental help. <laughs> <laughs> after you do from all those other things. From a yeah. professional after you sign up. <laughs> You'll That's need right. it. <laughs> and remember, if Toy Story taught us anything, not only are toys made to be played with, yes. but DVDs and Blu-rays were also made to be watched. 
unless it's a Tom Cruise movie. So we'll talk to you on the next episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Bye-bye.